Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Inside the Living Room of Mr. Ben Gabriel in Columbus, Ohio. Man, was it a beautiful day today. Yeah. Thanks for hosting, Ben. Thanks for... 65 and sunny in November is crazy. (laughs) I mean, the fact that I could bike to class, and granted, it's a downhill slope on the way to class, so I catch a lot of wind, and I was fine in a t-shirt and shorts today on the way to class. Damn. I couldn't believe it. But the sun was shining out in Columbus, Ohio. That means good days are ahead. I guess, hopefully for (laughs) our sports teams, as we've had some downward slopes here, um, especially talking about your Cincinnati Bengals. But let's get right into things. We got a lot of news and notes to talk about. You know, we are in peak sports mode right now. College basketball is officially live. We are multiple games in. Um, NBA in-season tournament is a few games underway as we've been seeing some exotic and um, very bright basketball courts um, for the in-season tournament that we've been enjoying. But let's get right into it, because the first topic that I want to talk about today is, of course, our Ohio State Buckeyes. And they just so happen to be at the top of our news and notes list, (laughs) as we were missing a bunch of guys in that Michigan State game. You know that. Even though we dominated, of course, we always care about how healthy we are going into that Michigan game in a couple weeks. Uh, It came out at the end of the weekend that Ryan Day is expecting to have Tommy Eichenberg and Josh Proctor both back soon. They don't know if it's going to be this week, but to my understanding, it was sounding like we're going to be healthy on the defensive side majorly for the Michigan game, but someone that's not expected to be back, and they're saying it's going to be a long-term injury, Lathan Ransom Mm. in the secondary. So that's going to be a key loss for the Buckeyes. I'd expect a lot more Igbenosa, a lot more Sonny Styles, but Sonny Styles has been – one of the most dominant defenders on our team so far this season, in my yeah. opinion, at least. He's I don't know what you think, but it looks like our defense is heading in the right direction health-wise uh, leading into the game against Team Up North. I'd agree. Strong showing against Michigan State. I mean, it's not a great team, but... Not at all. You know, they look good first half. Yeah. After that, it looked like, you know, whatever. Well, game I mean, ever since... I'm not too sure if we talked about this on the podcast last week but i mean ever since i think it was right before the season even started michigan state's head coach got fired because of a scandal that was going on behind the scenes and if we want to talk about we can but i'm sure we've talked about it on this podcast before and fans of the big 10 probably know what i'm talking about as well so i mean who knows what's next for that program but it's not it's just not maybe urban meyer i don't know i don't think i don't think it'd be smart for urban meyer to get back into the It'd be crazy. Into coaching. I don't know. Last we saw him, it was a the league. It was a hellfire. Yeah, but that's so different. Yeah, I last agree, time we saw him in college, though, it was also he was winning natties. Well, that was a long, not at the end of his career. <laughs> Maybe not, but we were always competing for. Yeah, him. we were always competing, but Ohio State's always going to compete. Maybe two losses to an Ohio State fan base is a terrible season. I, like we've I, hit that we've hit that point. Oh yeah, we've been at that point for years. But back to back losses to Michigan. Yeah. Well, we Urban Meyer would never. <laughs> that's true. I, I will say that Urban Meyer never let that happen. No. But he, it was also never against the team that was stealing your signs, anyways. And that's now under a big scandal. Yeah. 
which I mean, big news with um, Jim Harbaugh and all that going on. I mean, I believe he's trying to fight it. They're going to court this Friday. Yeah, we're going to hear an update about it uh, on Friday morning. So you guys definitely need to keep up with that information, as you'll probably get yeah. reported on it. But I mean, is it really that big of a difference if we see Jim Harbaugh on the field against Ohio State, or is it? I think not? it's more of a morale thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, like offensive defense coordinators know what to do. Mm-hmm. That's why they have the job. It'd be fine if he wasn't there, but you know he wants to be there. I mean, as a Buckeye fan, I don't want them to have an excuse if they lose. You know, a hundred percent. I want him to be there. Some other uh, coaching news that's been going on around the league: Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey uh, gets the boot um, in the coaching staff. Uh, it's now quarterback coach Joe Brady taking over the realms of the offense. I mean. I don't know what to think of the Buffalo Bills right now as they have just been plummeting their season away this last month or so. Do you think that was the right move, making a change at the offensive coordinator spot? As I mean, he hasn't been offensive coordinator for long. Yeah. As, I, mean, yeah. I, th- I feel like it was the right move. Just from the past few years, probably the past three years, like their offense has, you know, it was probably the best offense in the league at one point. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it's not like that anymore. So I think it's time for a change because. You know, you have Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis, James Cook. You have a good offense. And the, But the craziest thing about it to me is that they're still eighth in points per game. They're eighth in yards per game. Josh Allen's still throwing for 260 yards a game. It just seems like the turnovers have been a big difference maker, and that's where you got to – make the point as a coaching staff as a whole, like, okay, are we putting this on Ken Dorsey? Maybe he's not putting Josh Allen in the best spots to succeed. Or should we start looking at Josh Allen differently as to like, all right, man, maybe it's time to take off the Superman cape yeah, I saw, and just start playing in your system. Yeah. I saw a stat where it was, I think it was this past game. Like Josh Allen was, had, had like 136 passing yards and two touchdowns like under center. Yeah. And then when he was in shotgun, he had like two picks and like 70 yards. I feel like he's been playing in shotgun mainly for his entire know, career, though. Since which is weird, ago. but something that really poked me was seeing the tweet after the game from Trayvon Diggs. I don't know if you saw that, but he was tweeting to get fourteen, and he's talking about his brother Stephon Diggs out of there. And I don't agree at all with Trayvon Diggs tweeting that out. And he tweet he followed he followed the tweet with something else. I can't remember exactly what it was. But, yeah, I mean, brother Trayvon Diggs, who's out for the year with, I want to say, an ACL injury, yeah. Dallas Cowboy, he's screaming to get his brother out of there. What do you think of that, honestly? I don't really like it. I mean, Stefan Diggs did boost Josh Allen's career, in my opinion, You know, because Josh Allen wasn't playing that great until Stefan Diggs got there. Mm-hmm. But, some, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. I don't think that – if Diggs left, I don't think it'd be a – like I think Josh Allen would still be a great quarterback, and I think in the long run they'd be fine. But I don't think he needs to get out of there. You know, they're making the playoffs every year. I just think if he wants to try and get out of there, like where's the better quarterback at that you're going to go and play for? You know, where's the better team that you're going to go and play for? Well, he like, always has been complaining about his targets and stuff. You know, I mean, he's. I feel like he's been saying that for his entire career. I know, and yet he's still. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the game. I mean, when you go and look at his numbers, he has 73 catches on the year. He's just over 850 yards. He has seven touchdowns. And when you go and compare that to the rest of the receivers in the league, 
Um, the only guys he's sitting behind, their names are Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Keenan Allen. Yeah. I mean, those are the best receivers in the league. And he still has more receptions than all of those guys. Yeah. So I don't really understand when he always talks about not getting enough targets. Like, yeah, he has poor games here and then, but doesn't everybody? No, I agree. So I feel like it's a team thing as a whole right now. Yeah. It's not something you want to see as a Buffalo Bills fan base. But at the same time, I think there's a whole lot of season left to be played. Winning solves a lot of things. It does. And it solves everything. I think there's a big opportunity for the Bills to make some statements here in the next couple of weeks as – their schedule these next few weeks, it is not easy. I mean, yeah, they're home against the New York Jets, but then following, they're on the road Sunday at 425 at Philadelphia. Then you got a bye week. Coming out of the bye week on December 10th, you're on the road at Kansas City. Following that game at home against the Dallas Cowboys, another really tough team. And then you're going to play on the road two days before Christmas at LA Chargers. Well, yes, we're going to get into that a little bit. The Chargers are also on a big downfall. Those are two of the three key teams in my eyes that are going to need to win a heck of a lot of football games to get to where they want to be at the end of the season to make the playoffs. Yeah. So that's going to be a huge matchup down the line. And then to finish it off, yeah, they got the Patriots, and then last game of the season, you got the Dolphins. That's a really, really tough schedule. Yeah, extremely. So we're going to find out a whole lot about the Bills because this is almost as if it's postseason time right now for them as yeah. they can't play around anymore. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. Something else that was big that just came out recently, Deshaun Watson out for the year with a fractured shoulder. It's his throwing shoulder. It's a different injury than the rotator cuff injury he suffered earlier in the season. And now that's another key piece, another guy that they've paid a boatload of money to out for the rest of the season for them. Yes, they still got one of the best defenses in the league, but who knows what to make of their offense now. It's not going to be P.J. Walker taking over the realms again. It's going to be Dorian Thompson-Robinson getting the start. Wow. Man from UCLA. Yeah. What do you think of that? I mean, I think it's the right move starting him over P.J. Walker. Just because he's the younger guy, I think he has more potential than P.J. Walker. I think he showed a lot of good things in the preseason. I think he showed a lot of great things He did in the preseason. He looked fantastic. I was more impressed with him in the preseason than his college tape, honestly. But at the same time, I mean... I've been hearing it in a couple news spots here and there this week, and I just I couldn't agree more because I'm on the train right now and talking about Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs started the year on the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. And it just seems like they didn't prepare themselves at all for anything in case something happened to Sean Watson. And it just seems like that whole situation over in Cleveland has been a problem ever since they yeah. signed him. We were talking about it last week, just like another one of those rookies that's just being thrown out there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's going to be added to the list. Yeah, it's already a record breaking year for rookies starting in the NFL. And um, Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to add to that list this week as they go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe, in a huge division showdown. Honestly, that's not good for the Browns. No, not at all. TJ Watt might have a couple strip sacks, especially with <laughs> both of those teams sitting at six and two. And yes, the records look good right now. But you got to expect some losses to start coming. He's still got to win as many games as he can. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I've never been a fan of the Browns fran franchise. They always just make mistake after mistake. I thought they finally started pulling it together when they brought in Kevin Stefanski. And I don't know. Deshaun Watson just ruined everything. So now they got to pay him for years to come. And it's another disaster at quarterback. Another disaster 
type of season at quarterback for That's a team. That's a huge hit for huge franchise. Hit. Yeah, yeah, we've I mean, been seeing it week after week after week this season to a ton of teams, and it almost just seems like the situations just keep getting worse for some of these teams. Down goes to Sean Watson, out for the season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's huge. Um, okay, I'll stick to this last NFL one before we uh, move over. There's actually a couple. Um, the one I want to bring up first, Lane Vanderesh. Um, key piece for the Dallas Cowboys defense for the last for a long time. Um, he got injured earlier in the season. I want to say a few weeks back, he suffered a neck injury. John Jones came out and said that it's likely, it's definitely a season ender, and it's likely going to be a career-ending injury for Leighton Vander Esch. Yeah, I mean that's just heartbreaking hearing something like that, especially with a player with that skill. Yeah, I mean we were talking about it. I think yesterday how he was one of the best linebackers in football. Yeah. Just it's a huge hit for the league, and he's been doing it a while. You just always hate seeing injuries. It's tough, like that. yeah. I mean, football's a tough sport, really yeah. rough sport. Things like that happen. Yeah, I don't know. Surprise up to him. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, hopefully sure. he's it's not career ending. You know. Yeah, hopefully I mean, I just, back. I mean, when you hear things like that, you just hope it doesn't alter its life. Yeah, you know, a neck injury is no joke. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine. I mean. Doctors that he's got treating him right now are probably the best in the world. Yeah. But still, it's just some of the worst things. Another thing that sparked my eye, Devon Achan, running back for the Miami Dolphins, expected back this week. Yeah. As Mike McDaniel said, um, he was checking all the boxes in their uh, light Monday practice. I mean, that kind of gets me into the topic about the AFC. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs are still at the top of the realms right now, but even them this season have not looked overly spectacular. Who would you call as the favorites in the AFC right now? Uh, the Ravens. Ravens? Yeah. What gives them the edge over some teams with a lot more flash and a lot more skill set around their quarterback? Because they can, they can consistently run the ball on any team in the NFL. Yeah. No, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody else really do it, except maybe the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But the Ravens get, you know, 150 to 200 yards a game rushing. If you can't stop that, you're not going to beat them. Yeah. I agree, and it doesn't help that they have the best running quarterback in all of football, yeah. Lamar Jackson. They're getting it in different ways. Yeah. I mean, just looking at their numbers right now, first in the league in rushing yards per game, averaging 155 yeah. rushing yards a game. It's unbelievable. And Gus Edwards has seven total touchdowns in the last four weeks. And I know I wouldn't say they have the best defense in the league, but they definitely have a lot of yeah. really good guys on that defense. Yeah. They're also first in the league in points allowed, yeah. as in – They've given out the least, um, only 15.7 a game. Yeah. They lead the league in time per possession. <laughs> they have the most sacks in the league, sixth in interceptions. It just seems like they do a lot of things that you got to do to win ball games. Yeah. And when you're doing all of them at the same time, I mean, I mean that goes to show right there. I don't know. We'll get more into that in a minute. <laughs> as there's a big game coming up on Thursday night football. <laughs> we'll keep it. We'll keep it short because. I mean, as you guys know, people that listen to this uh, podcast weekly, it'll be coming out on Friday morning, and the big matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens will be happening on Thursday night. But it doesn't mean we still can't talk about it, as that is a huge division matchup. Another thing that really sticked out to me that I really couldn't believe, it was in the NBA. And just backtracking before we get into the whole thing, it just happened last week. Kelly Oubre got injured in a hit and run last week. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and that happened while he was averaging almost 20 points per game, which is without a doubt the best in his career for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. And not to mention the Sixers are on a tear right now, but that's nor here or there. 
some crazy news just came out earlier, and I don't know if I'm just blowing it out of proportion or what, but it just came out that the surveillance footage that he said where the accident occurred, it is yet to show Uber getting hit by a vehicle at that location. What does that mean? Because, yeah, you could speculate, okay, he's just, he's not telling them exactly where the accident happened. Or did something else happen and he's just Doesn't using that to cover to it find up? Out. Yeah. Because they said he suffered some cracked ribs. And they said, well, it's not season ending. He's going to be out for a few months. Yeah. So he is severely injured. Something happened. Makes you think. Like, what Makes if he, you think. If he did something dumb to get yeah. himself hurt. Like trying to do some shit on like an ATV or something. Because even if it, <laughs> the hit and run did actually happen, why wouldn't he tell them the correct location? Yeah. You know? No, it doesn't make it sense. It just makes you, yeah, it definitely makes you wonder. Yeah. But, it's I mean, weird. If, of course, the first thing that matters is his health, as you are all athletes healthy, but I don't know. That's definitely, it sounds like some fishy stuff is going on with that uh, information. So, we'll definitely keep updated on that on this podcast. But, yeah, just thought people would want to know that. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> let's get into some of our main topics that we want to talk about today. And, of course, we're going to start off in college football. As we already talked about a little bit the big win. Big win against Michigan State this past weekend. Yeah, I'm kind of hyperbolizing. But, I mean, every win matters when it comes to the Buckeyes. But it still didn't matter when it came to the college football playoff rankings this week. As Georgia did have a really impressive win over Ole Miss this weekend. They move up to number one. In the number one spot in the college fo- in the latest college football playoff rankings, um, followed by Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State rounds out the top four, staying at four, and then with the first two on the outside looking in are the two Pac-12 teams, Washington and Oregon. Some other things that really sticked out to me in the top ten is that Missouri and Louisville, a couple two loss teams, finding their way into the top ten. I want to say for the first time in their program's history since the college football playoff more but more into the georgia situation i mean what do you think of georgia taking over the one spot you think it's you think it's the right move i think it's well deserved yeah yeah i mean i crushed Ole miss yeah was it 52 17 52 17 carson beck had over 300 yards and two touchdowns yeah they probably deserve it it'll be interesting i only think there's i don't even think there's that there's not i don't think there's like a great team in college football yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you 100%. It's like six like good teams. Because it's weird because the two teams I've been most impressed with this season, honestly, in my opinion, it's been the two Pac-12 teams, yeah. Washington and Oregon. And I know Washington's been a little bit up and down, and a lot of people on ESPN especially have been faulting them a ton for it. Yeah, They're still undefeated. I don't know why they give them problems when they you know have a little rough patches here and there. I think everyone in college football does. But it's... I get why. Who was it? Arizona State. They only beat by a score, 14-7. You can't do that. I just feel like we see that all the time in college football. Not really, though. When does Ohio State play a Mac school? I feel like at least once a year we have a scare from somebody. Maybe, but... I agree the Arizona State part. Like, yeah. Like, when do we play a Mac school and fucking win by 10 points? I'm not too sure. But, I mean, they followed it with 42 points, 52 points, and 35 points. So, it seems like they're fine. Yeah. Their defense, they've been questionable from the get-go. We've known that already. The only problem that came from the Arizona State game is that they only scored 15 points. And that's why I think they're kind of blown out of proportion a little bit. 
Because rest of the season, yeah, there's been some close games. They won against nine to Stanford, but I mean, it was just a rough defensive game for them. They're still, their offense is fine. Yeah. They followed it with, they won against 10 against USC, who we were talking about it on this podcast. We knew USC was going to come out slinging with their season on the line, which it was. Yeah. They got the win. They played a tough team in Utah, got the win. It'll be interesting because they're going to have to play Oregon again. And-, and until they played them, I mean, shit, they still beat Oregon earlier in the year. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like they just don't give them the credit for it. While on the other hand, I don't know, looking at Florida State, like, I wasn't really impressed with them first game of the year dominating LSU like that. Yeah. But now we figured out a little more that, okay, Jaden Daniels, while he is a great quarterback, his team, on the other hand, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, outside of that, they've only played one other ranked team, and it was Duke. And I'm sorry, but Duke's not the top, Duke with top competition you want to play. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet they're still sitting at four, and no one seems to really talk about it. Yeah, no, I don't. In a really mediocre ACC. Yeah, they're terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, I think Washington should be ahead of Florida State. I don't get why they're getting the hype they deserve. Yeah. I think Florida State, they make the playoffs. I think it, I mean, I hate to say it, but it all boils down to money. Yeah. Well. If there's six schools and four of them generate more money than the other two, those those four are going to That's where I normally always agree with you. But last year, I feel like it was something different. I mean, they put in that TCU team, which I get you have to. They put us in. Yeah, which makes sense. <laughs> which also showed that it was kind of deserved. We should have <laughs> won it all last year. We should have won the championship. Yeah, we should have. But what I was really surprised about is that they didn't do the Ohio State-Michigan rematch, which that would have brought in more revenue than any game I could imagine. Yeah. Are you might, kidding me? <laughs> might happen this year. You never know. It could. No, but it just no- seems like that's not something they're interested in. Like, they want to see us meet in the, like, they're already blessing one of us, whoever loses, yeah. still with spot. They just want to see both teams win. I don't, think, I don't think the loser of our, that game gets in this year with how it looks right now. I agree. I agree. Just because if, if Oregon beats Washington, they both have one loss, but one of them have, would have won the conference. Yeah, one of them, well, one of them's going to get in over Like, them. you're going to put in a one-loss Oregon team that just beat Washington and won their conference over Ohio State, who's not going to play in their conference championship. Well, let's not talk like that because we're going to win the game. Okay? Okay. We're going to win the game. We're going to talk about that game more next week, but (laughs) we're going to win the game. So let's say we win the game. It's a one-loss Michigan. And then you got a – let's say Oregon gets it done. One loss on each side for Oregon and Washington. And let's say Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship. And now throw that into the mix because I think that's a real possibility with the way Elrow's been playing. And Florida State just continues with their uh, mediocre schedules. They finish up against North Alabama and Florida. <laughs> Graham Mertz, I think that's two dubs. Say they stay undefeated, win the ACC championship. Where do you go from there if you're the committee? I don't know. We'll just say right now, the Big Ten champion's getting in. Let's say Ohio State runs the table. I think Big Ten champion in. and SEC champion are getting in. Yep. No matter what. So if Bama beats Georgia, I agree. I think they get in. Yeah. And then Florida State's going to get them because they have, you know, they're going to go undefeated. Yep. Because who the fuck do they play? And then. <laughs> and then it leaves you pretty much with Washington and Oregon. Yeah. When are the Pac 12? That's what it's going to be. So, yeah. So it doesn't leave room for a one loss Big Ten. No. Yeah. What I really want to see is I mean, if we were talking about earlier in the season, I wouldn't say this. But with the way I've been seeing them play so far this season, I wouldn't mind Florida State maybe getting upset. Cause just because I think one of those Pac-12 teams 
and or Michigan or Ohio State, whoever it may be, is more talented than Florida State. Uh, yeah, they're just more deserving based yeah. off the teams they've had to play this year. Mm-hmm. Man, can we not wait for the 12-team playoff next year? Yeah. I mean, it's still going to be hectic. It's just not going to be the as top-ranked teams. 12-team playoff will be cool. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, we can, we can kind of sleep through the season. That's what the one thing I don't that. That's the one thing I don't like about it. Yes, we can. I mean, we can't lose more than two games. We'll go undefeated. Or if we lose two games, we're still we'll be undefeated and then whether we lose to Michigan or not, we're going to be in the playoff. Yeah. And I mean, I agree in that standpoint. That game is less exciting. Holds less meaning with a 12 team playoff in my I opinion. Agree. But I think the 12 team playoff as a whole when it's there, it's going to be really really fun to watch. It'll be I think exciting. we're, we're yeah. going to see some upsets, you know. Yeah. For the first time, I don't know. It'd be very interesting. Like Florida State first... has to play like Missouri or someone. Like... Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like it'd be very interesting if the 12 team playoff game first every year and just all the favorites win every time, and then it comes to the final four, the championship, and it's just top four teams, top five teams, or yeah, one and two. That is something I'll be really interested in seeing. Um, just it... see how the diversity of college of Division One college football is right now. Are there still going to be? 12 regular season games? Uh, I think. I don't know. We'd have to. Because you have to that. think that. I know at, our schedule at some came point, out, but I didn't look at the exact. The 12 team playoff is going to affect. Ruin some kids' hopes at the NFL with an ACL tear or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Like just because you're playing an extra game or two. Like. Yeah. Well, in the 12 team playoff, if you're not a team with a first round bye, what do you got to play? Playing a full NFL season. Yeah. <laughs> Playing 16 games. Yeah. If you make it to the championship. Is that how it'd be? Because 12, 13 eight. with your conference championship so one, game. Two, three, four. So four, you can potentially play four games. You can potentially play 17 games. Oh, because counting the conference game. It's 12. To, yeah. That's a whole season. So I feel like they have to be taken out a regular season game. But I don't know. They, they kinda, might have. That's something we can look into and uh, bring up on the podcast next yeah. week. But yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good point. <laughs> It's a big switch up for these for these guys. Yeah, well, from... we got one more year to worry about this mess. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course we'll be keep keeping updated on it. Transitioning over to the NFL, um, a few topics I want to talk about today, and the first one being something that I never thought would be the top topic in my NFL topics of the day for the podcast: Denver Broncos and how much Russell Wilson is cooking these last three weeks. Yeah, and overall for the season. They're coming off a huge win against Buffalo Bills, winning the game 24-22 to in a game that the Bills, without a doubt, could have won. If it wasn't for that 12th man on the field, they would have. But the Broncos ended up surviving, and they're now on a three-game win streak. As a week prior, they dominated the Chiefs 24-9. to And the week prior, getting the double over the Packers 19-17. to So who was the 12th guy on the field? <laughs> I don't know exactly. It could have been any of the guys. You know, we don't know. But a lot of people on X or Twitter, <laughs> I never know what to call it anymore. I still call it Twitter. But a lot of people on Twitter were saying that it was Tamar Hamlin <laughs> as the 12th guy on the field. <laughs> and I guess I just couldn't help but laugh at that. But it's really like, come on. There was a lot of memes that went with it. And I'm definitely not going to bring it up on this podcast as they were not appropriate at all. <laughs> But who knows? He was one of the guys on the field. There's 12 men on the field. We know the Broncos were kicking the game winner. They missed it. 
But then the flag came out for too many men. They got bumped up five yards. He kicked it right down the middle, and the Bills went home sad. Ended up firing their offensive coordinator less than 12 hours later. And now they're the to- they've are the they been the talk of the week in the NFL, as no one knows what to say about Josh Allen, about their running game, as they benched um, James Cook after his first fumble in over a year. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like everyone in Buffalo is freaking out when, like, it's just so early in the season. Like, they just they need to calm down a little it's bit. It's like week 12 almost. Yeah, it is. But I you understand know, like the rest of the schedule is tough. We talked about it. But I still think they're a really good football team. They are. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some teams that you're going to have to look out for, you know, like the Houston Texans after getting that big win. But we'll talk about that in a second. But getting to the Broncos, I mean, should we start giving some love once again to Russell Wilson and this team? Because after a really tough start to the season, you could argue they've they've kind of been on a roll. (laughs) And Russell Wilson's been cooking. They got the Minnesota Vikings, the Cleveland Browns, the Houston Texans, and the L.A. Chargers in the next month of the season as there's two months left in the year. Can the Denver Broncos make something of this season, or am I reaching a little bit saying that? I don't think it's a reach, but it just depends what you define as something. I don't think they're going to make, make the playoffs. The, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I think I mean, that, definitely be, you know, they're, you, know, you know, they're already having a better season than they did last year. Yeah. Which, you know, it's great. And, you know, week three, week two, people were saying Sean Payton wasn't the answer. He's not working. But it turns out Sean Payton is cooking. And turns I think out she- they, can know, they actually know how to win football games. I think Sean Payton, <laughs> I think Sean Payton is, should get more of the credit for their wins than Russell Wilson. Because, you know, they had the same team pretty much last year with, yeah. who was who it? Peterman? Nathaniel Hackett. Hack it. I was saying <laughs> you're talking about Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? He was uh, he he was a quarterback for the Bills way back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started him Nathaniel a game Hackett. when he started, and he had he finished with I think negative four fantasy points. Yeah. So Gosh. I think uh, you know with Nathaniel Hackett they were terrible. Yeah. And then you know now they get Sean Payton and they're beating the Bills and they're beating the Chiefs. I, I like that take honestly because. It seems like Russell Wilson's been doing what we've been wanting Josh Allen to do all year, and that's just play within your system. Yeah. No, he's not even in the top 15 in passing yards this season. But he does have eight. He does have – yeah, I'm reading that correctly. He does have 18 touchdowns this year, which is tied for second in the league, and to only four interceptions. Yeah. So he's doing the right things. Looking at his completion percentage, because I do think that correlates a ton, 68%. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. I think we need to start giving them some more love. Javante Williams has been balling these last couple weeks. Yeah. Granted, they don't have any wide receiver that really sticks out to you. They more do it as a unit. Yeah. But I mean, I like Gordon Sutton. But big credit to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And big credit to Sean Payton as he it's almost as if he had a target on his back when the season first started, just because of what he said about Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Right? I mean, he brought that upon himself. But. He did. He did. And he 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 got it early. Yeah. Yeah. No one needs to worry as you know, the season was he responded. For him early, yeah. They gave up seventy. Yeah. And then, you know, they turned it around. Yeah, they did. I mean, there's still a long way to go, but as of right now, they look solid. Yeah. Granted, they're only sitting at four and five, which sounds terrible. But <laughs> it's when you watch them week <laughs> by week, I think that's way better 
than what I was expecting two weeks into the season, yeah. especially after that 70-20 loss. Their defense needs to figure out how to be decent because if they never do, then they're not going to win another game this season. But it looks like they've been able to do that the last few weeks. Yeah. So if they can keep it up, then who knows what to expect from them. But credit to Russell Wilson. Keep letting them cook. <laughs> Kitchen's not burning down. <laughs> not a, not a, not yet, at least. Yeah. Sorry. Got to get to it. Oh, yeah, the bang. Cincinnati Bengals, man. Joe Burrow, he got Sad. outplayed this weekend. Joe Burrow, whole team got outplayed. Whole team, okay, that's fine. You can say that too if you want. Bengals got outplayed this weekend, and now they're kind of in a rough, rough patch in the AFC, as they're sitting at five and four, tied with the Houston Texans behind them in the tiebreaker as they just lost off a of CJ Stroud game-winning drive last week. Shouldn't have happened. Um, Tyler Boyd should have just caught the goddamn There was ball. turnovers all over the field that game. Yeah. As I want to say, Joe Burrow threw two picks. Back-to-back back in the fourth yeah, quarter. That's right. That's right. Yeah. CJ Stroud had three total turnovers in that game, which was very unlike him, as he only had one pick this season, but he had another pick on Sunday as well as two fumbles lost. Um, and yet, with all that being said, he still threw – for 356 yards and a touchdown, and they were able to beat the Bengals 30-27. to And what looked like early on that the Bengals were going to be able to control the game, and that just wasn't the case. Now we're back to that talk with your boys, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Granted, we got two months left in the season, but time surely is ticking. How do you feel about the whole situation as a Bengals fan yourself? I'm pretty upset about it. <laughs> That's it? Pretty upset? I mean... <laughs> Got to have a little more energy. It's just ah, like, come on. It's hard to have come energy on, with the bangs right now, man. Like, fuck. How do, you, how do you go beat the Niners and the Bills and then give up 175 yards to Noah Brown? And 150 Nico yards Collins. to Devin Singletary. Yeah, Nico Collins didn't really even play in the game. They were missing their wide receiver one and CJ Stroud still threw for 350 yards. And, you know, it was just, it was a team loss. Joe Burrow, bad bad interceptions in the last in the fourth quarter. Tyler Boyd had two huge drop passes in that game. If he doesn't drop that second one late in the yeah. end zone, they win that ball game most yeah. likely. If he doesn't drop the second one, they win. Defense, uh, especially the secondary, looked awful. Couldn't contain Noah Brown. No. So I mean, you know, got a big game tomorrow off a short week. Ravens are off a short week, so that's good. But you know, it's a how must- do you feel about that game? It's a must win. It's a must win. I saw a stat just before driving down here. Lamar Jackson, his career against the, your Bengals, 7-1. and one. Averages over 70 yards rushing a game. Fuck em. Against you guys. That's a most for any quarterback against one specific team in history. It's fine. We were so bad when he came into the league. All those yards were from four years Get ago. Get out of here, bro. I'm serious. Get out of here. I'm serious. Do you remember the Bengals, Lamar's rookie year? Yes, <laughs> Joe Burrowless, Jamarless, mm-hmm. rocking with old ass Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they got rid of that. Yeah, I mean, you guys had a they revamp big time. Yeah, it's going to be a great game tomorrow. They did. We played them earlier in the year. Only lost by like three, I think. We were off the po- we were off air. It was afterwards we were talking about it, but I still think the Bengals are going to be fine. Yeah, I think the Texans are a lot better team than anyone in the league was expecting this season. Oh, I, agree. I think they're going to continue to win games. I think yeah. they got a shot at the division title. Texans? I really do. Yeah. I really think they do. CJ Stroud is the best. I think he's already better than Trevor Lawrence. I, I hate agree. to say it. 
I agree. We, we've and I, I think don't we, hate to say it. We put Trevor Lawrence ahead of <laughs> CJ last week or two weeks ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's changed. Yeah, CJ's, an, CJ's an MVP candidate. Yeah. He's a top six, seven quarterback think, in the league. I think he should be the favorite to win the MVP. And, okay. All right, maybe I'm reaching a little bit. <laughs> but the only reason why I don't think he should be the favorite is because he does throw for a ton of yards. He throws for touchdowns. He doesn't turn it over a lot. He's great at keeping the ball in his hands and not making bad mistakes. But I think a lot of those yards come from just because he knows how to throw downfield. We know that he's really good at that. Yeah. We know that he's going to be one of the best in the league for years to come at throwing the ball downfield. But when I looked at the numbers, yeah, he's second in the league in passing yards, and yeah, he has that great um, touchdown to interception ratio, but he's also 28th in the league, 28th in completion percentage. And that's something that really stuck out to me. And I think there's still a lot of tinkering to be going on, but I don't uh, know. I would Could've... like to know how many of his incompletions, how many of his incompletions are drop passes. Are drops or receivers because, not identified as open? Because his, know, rece- like cause his receivers are not good. At the end of the day, they're not that great. I think No Brown is a little bit underrated. He, I thought he was always good on the Cowboys. Um, I thought that was a big get for them before the season even started. Yeah, Tank Dell as well. Tank Dell, can't forget to mention great, him. Not great, but I think he's he has, a good he receiver. A he's a potential. young receiver. He has a ton of potential. He can't. He came into this team with C.J. Stroud, and they had a connection from the yeah. start since training camp. Yeah. I mean, um, he has a ton of potential. And bringing in Dalton Schultz, too. Yeah, Dalton Schultz. He's a great tight end. He, uh, yeah, it's I mean. It's no big names, I will tell you that. I mean, Dalton Schultz, I think he's a he's a big name when it comes to tight ends. I guess you could say that. But, you know, they're rocking with Devin Singletary. They have uh, Damian Pierce. He didn't play either. And it doesn't look like <sighs> he's going to play again this, this weekend. He no. has yet to practice so far this week. Granted, it's only Wednesday. Um, normally... The top guy, I wouldn't say he's the top guy on the team, but normally top guys on the team don't practice Wednesday anyways. Um, but with the way Devin Singletary looked last week against your Bengals, I mean, I'm surprised he wouldn't just be like, hey, take your time on getting back, brother. We got this, we got this guy. No, they have two decent running backs. No one's ever looked at Devin Singletary and been like, oh, he's a great running back, but he's yeah. always been sufficient in his career. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and it may have looked like he found a good home yeah. here in Houston. Um, but the reason why I bring up why I think the Texans can win this division, um, one is because I think their schedule is very easy rest of the season. And two is because they already have one win over the Jaguars this season. And if when they play them in a couple weeks at home, if they win that matchup as well, I think that solidifies them, gives them that shot. Because then they'll only be one game back. And if they keep winning games like they've been playing, obviously they'll get the tiebreaker over them. Yeah. I think it just puts them in a great spot, and I could totally see it happening with the yeah. way they're playing. They're just – I want to say they have a shot, but one, we have the Jags in the future. We do. <laughs> so. We do. We do. <laughs> but it looks like that's already dead because your Bengals don't know how to win football games anymore. Just relax. Relax. <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll We're going to beat the Ravens. The Browns just lost their QB. Not celebrating that, but – Gives us a little extra boost. It does. <laughs> but just seriously, listen to the rest of their schedule. I'm gonna just I'm gonna say the team's names and you're gonna say well, win or loss. Wait, okay. Well, wait. The All Texans right. are super inconsistent. They just lost to the Panthers not too long ago. Okay. And they looked great against us, but I don't think they're gonna look like that every week. Okay, so just tell me win or loss <laughs> each week. All right. I wanna right. hear it. Cardinals next week. Probably dub. Maybe Kyler's back. We'll see. It'll be a good game. Jaguars at home. Loss. 
They're going to lose. Broncos at home. We'll have to see how the Broncos are looking, but that'll be a good game too. On the road against the Jets. It's a win. They win that game. On the road against the Titans. That'll be a good one. I think uh, CJ will ultimately get it done. Christmas Eve at home against the Cleveland Browns. Damn. That'll be a great game. That'll be a great game. Yeah. Because it'll be interesting to see how CJ plays against that defense. Yeah. They're at home. Yep. Say the Texans. Just because I hate the Browns. And then uh, just played them the week prior at home, Christmas or New Year's Eve against Tennessee Titans again. Second time in three weeks. I think they'll drop one of those two games. And then they finish the season on the road against the Colts, Garner Minshew. That should be a dub. So how many losses did we say? Three? Maybe four? Three. What are they, five and four right now? It was like a two to four range, you know? So if they so if they have four losses, say they finish with seven, so they win ten games, that could win the division. Mm-hmm. But the Jaguars are already seven and two, aren't they? Six and three. Six and three? Yeah. So, you know. What's the Jaguars rest of, what rest of their schedule looking like? I know they have to you play know, us. Yeah, six and three sounds a whole lot better than five and four, but that's only one game back. It's one game back. Yeah. Rest of their season, let's see. Home against the Titans. On the road against the Texans. Home against your Bengals. On the road in Cleveland. Home against the Ravens. At Tampa Bay. Home against Carolina. At Tennessee. I know I still think that's an easier schedule than most. But they do have to play the Ravens and the Bengals. Yep, and I think Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a sleeper team. Watch out for them. they're going to be on the road that game them. Christmas Eve. Just, I just I really think they're no, I really <laughs> think they're a decent team. I think they're so mid. Like Baker Mayfield's a quarterback. I know he's been playing better than everybody thought he would, but at the end of the day, Baker can only do so much. They've had a tough schedule, man. <laughs> They've had a tough schedule. And it doesn't get any easier this week when they face San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> they have a, but they're sitting at four and five. Yeah. But they're they're in a plus in the plus minus differential this season. I think that's I think that's really big, especially when you've got blown out in a couple games against the Eagles and against the Detroit Lions. I uh, mean, that's big. I think it's a good sign. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For what? I. Are they gonna win seven games this year? That's all I'm saying. That's <laughs> all I'm saying is Buccaneers are going to fight against anybody. They all are. Right. All right. Anyways, <laughs> how about uh, Sam Howe this season? I want to give props to him. Leading the league in passing yards so far this season. Is he leading the league? In, leading the league in passing yards Is he yards leading this the league in pass attempts? Because I feel like every time I see a stat from him, he throws the ball 50 times a game. That I don't know exactly. <laughs> and where's his uh, completion percentage? I know you were looked at CJ's. It's a sixty-six and a half percent completion percentage, which is better. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not. It's not top in the league, but it's pretty good. Um, I, yeah. I think Sam Howell is kind of bummy. Whether or not he has the most passing I yards, I do not in the think he is bummy, as you would <laughs> say. I do not. I think he's just okay. At the end of the day, what makes you say that? That man know. can throw the football. He and can he, sling it. He can turn it over. I think over he's too. accurate too. How many turnovers does he have this year? All right. Um, he is sitting at nine picks, but it's less than Josh Allen. It's less than Jordan Love. <laughs> uh, it's only one, one more, more than, than Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, okay. You know, like, yeah, it's not good, but I just, I don't know. He's playing good football. He is. He's not playing bad football. And he's not on a good team at all. I agree. Like, I agree. His team is not good. Yeah. I think we got to give him credit at some point. I mean, I'm not trying to give him a ton. They're four and six. 
but it's definitely he's definitely not the reason why they're four and six. And I'm the reason why I bring it up is because you know I think there's a chance if he can keep up this play this season that the Commanders might have found their franchise quarterback. I really think that's a possibility. You're giving me a big eyebrow raise right now, and I, I just see, think I don't see it with Sam Howe. I know his stats aren't terrible, but is it because he's a North Carolina guy or could be? <laughs> that could be why. I'm I'm telling just, you, man. He's a good quarterback. He's passed the eye test for me. Really? He actually has. <laughs> okay. If if anyone else is listening and doesn't believe me, just watch their game next week. Who just do, watch who their do game they next play? Week. Um, they're going up at home against the New York Giants. So I guess it's fun. <laughs> whatever. So All he right. should have a good game. Just watch. Just keep eyes on him. Rest of the season. Just keep keep a lookout for him. I'm telling you, he makes good balls. He makes good throws. CJ is second in passing yards. CJ is second. CJ's already had his bye week, too. And he's already had his bye week. Yeah. That's why I'm really impressed with Stroud. CJ's him. He is. He is. He it's really crazy. is. Yeah. And then behind him in passing yards right now, it follows by Tua. Makes sense. Josh Allen. Makes sense. Jared Goff. The way the Lions are playing, man, that makes sense. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. Justin, I mean, he's at Sam Howell's ahead of all of these guys. And I understand he's already had his – or he hasn't had his bye week yet, but we're talking about like three, four hundred, five hundred yards ahead of some of these guys, you know? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it's time to start giving credit to some Sam Howell. I think he could be the future <laughs> of that franchise. Might save Ron Rivera's butt. <laughs> he really could. Could. It'll be interesting. It's kind of going to wrap it up for me with the NFL talk. I mean, there's some big games going on this weekend, and if we want to give some game predictions, we can. Uh, Bengals. Thursday night. Who you, who you got in that game? Bengals. <laughs> I just said it. Should I not, should I not have even asked that? No, absolutely not. I'm right there with you, though. I'm taking the Bengals. <sighs> I don't care what history says. 7-1 and one with Lamar. They're on a roll. Whatever. They lost last week to the Cleveland Browns. Bengals also last, lost last week to the Houston Texans. One of them is going to go on a two-game losing streak. The game's in Baltimore, though, isn't, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I just, I'm, ta- I'm taking the Bengals. I just... Yeah, I've never really been on the Ravens train, and yeah, it's possible the Ravens run for two hundred more yards on the Bengals, dominate the ground, and they end up winning the game again. But if the Bengals are going to save their season, they're going to have to fix that run defense. Yeah, and I think it gets started this week against the Ravens. I hope you're right. I think they limit Lamar. I do hope you're right because we need it. How about a <laughs> Sunday night Vikings Broncos big game? Crazy. <laughs> um, Broncos are hot on a three-game winning streak. What have they been calling Josh Dobbs? The Dominator or something? I don't know. The Dominator? Dominator. Dominator. The, do- the Dominator <laughs> against Cook and Russ. Chef Russ. Who do you who you got in that game? I think I'm going to go with the Dominator. Yeah. I like what I haven't seen out of the Vikings. I agree with you 100%. We may be seeing Justin Jefferson again for the first time in a long time this week. I saw a stat with him. Yeah, they had... They haven't lost. They haven't won a game with them. They haven't lost. No, they won one game with them. They won. They're one and four with them, and they're five and zero without them or something. Yeah, or no, they're. I don't know. They're one and four with them, and they're five and zero without them. Yeah. If they lose, if he comes back and they lose to the Broncos, then needs to sit the bench, Rusty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) How about a Monday night game? My game of the week. I'm. Completely blessed over seeing something good on Monday night. Eagles Chiefs in Kansas City. Two and a half point spread. 
Potential who's, Super Bowl matchup. Who's favorite? Chiefs. Home favorites. Two and a half points. Wow. Give me the give me the Eags. Yeah. Right there with you, brother. Give me the Eags. I'm right there with you. I don't think that those I just don't see the Chiefs offense doing much against the Eagles defense. Well, here's where I'm gonna disagree with you. Okay. I think Patrick Mahomes is gonna have a field day throwing the football, honestly, on the Eagles. I think just where the Eagles are going to beat them is just I think they're going to be smarter offensively. Um, and I think the Eagles are going to get timely sacks, timely turnovers, whether it's a fumble, interception, whatever it may be. I just think the Eagles have more opportunities to make those big plays, and those big plays are what win you ball games. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just The Chiefs this year haven't looked like the Chiefs of last year, and I'm still waiting for them to make that switch up. Maybe it happens on Monday night in this huge – Huge game as it's a Super Bowl rematch, but I don't know. I'm I'm going with the boys getting their. I'm going with the boys in Philly getting their revenge on uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs on Monday night. So I'm right there with you. I think we need to start making parlays for this podcast and start posting them out. I'd be down. I guess we talked about it. What, yeah, Eagles, Eagles money line, Bengals money line. Oh gosh, you said you were <laughs> confident. How are you going to say you're confident and then? Sound like I'd put my money where my I'd put my money where my mouth is. Eagles bangs, Eagles bang, um, Vike. I like the Chargers over the Packers at one o'clock. I think that's a game that they that's a must win. I think if they don't win that game, I think Brandon Staley should be back on the hot seat. Yeah. Um. So I'd definitely throw them in it. They're only minus three. Um. Nah. We'll we'll save this. We'll save this for another week when we got our locks in and ready. Not when we're just. Uh, nonchalantly discussing football. What you think of that? Because, <laughs> of course, there's a couple other things I want to talk about in the NBA. As you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, NBA in-season tournament is underway, and we've seen some crazy things happen already, with the craziest being that happened in the last 24 hours. And it was in the Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Golden State Warriors game. And for those of you that like watching basketball, it didn't take long for some crazy stuff to go on as before either team could even score a point, there was a big scuffle between Jaden McDaniels and Klay Thompson that led to the ripping of Klay Thompson's jersey, although it did start, Klay Thompson started the incident, which led to Rudy Gobert coming over and trying to pull Klay Thompson away from his teammate Jaden McDaniels which that led to Draymond Green, I guess, thinking that Rudy Gobert put Clay in a chokehold because then Draymond Green did go over and actually put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold for 30-plus seconds. <laughs> it looked like a rear naked choke. <laughs> and it led to the ejection of three of those four players as they didn't eject Rudy Gobert because they saw him as someone who was trying to break up the yeah. incident. So <laughs> Jermon Green is a what? scumbag. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that incident, but I don't know in what I don't know what mind Draymond Green was in because he wasn't in his thinking that he could do something like that on the NBA court on live television. Television, like he does shit like that all the time. He's gonna get suspended for five games. I, I think, think at least I think he should get suspended for five to ten games. Yeah, I agree. That is a no joke suspension and. Obviously, for everyone that watches the NBA knows that this is not the first time that this has happened with Draymond Green. Yeah. Yes, it's probably the first time in a little bit. It's happened with someone who wasn't his teammate. But still, guys, he's known for this stuff. Kicking guys, tripping guys. 
Injuring guys. Injuring guys. Punching guys. Yeah, putting them in chokeholds. <laughs> like. I mean, I just don't know what to think of the whole situation. And the craziest thing that stood out to me is that, you know, Steph Curry didn't play in this game. Yeah. And the last 10 Draymond Green ejections, and it's crazy that you even say that, the last 10 ejections that he's had <laughs> in the NBA, seven of them have, have come when Steph Curry did not play in the game that day. So he just doesn't want to play when Steph Curry plays? In quotes, uh, Rudy Gobert said, every time Steph doesn't play, Draymond Green doesn't want to play without Steph, so he does anything he can to get ejected. Clown behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's extremely accurate when he's saying a statement <laughs> like that. That's what history shows. Yeah. Stats don't lie. Why is he afraid to play without Steph Curry? Like, it's just a basketball game, bro. It's regular season. He wouldn't even be rostered on an NBA team if it wasn't for (laughs) Steph Curry. And why is Steve Curry defending Draymond? He's backing up his guy. You got to back up your guy. How can you back up your guy when he puts Rudy (laughs) Gobert... Who's seven foot one, by the way? Like you have to jump up there to get him in a chokehold. Rudy Gobert was staring at the lights <laughs> because he had him fucking. He was at a one hundred and eighty degree angle with the way Draymond was grabbing <laughs> him and bringing him to the ground. I was like, "What are you doing?" No, it's a crazy clip. It was a crazy clip. I mean, and the Warriors almost won the game. <laughs> they almost won. They didn't win the game. Yeah. Um, Timberwolves won the game. They're not on a seven game win streak, which I think is going under the radar. But they're them. I don't know, man. This Warriors team. <laughs> I'm ready for Draymond Green to hang it up. I don't say that about much guy, many guys. That is not acceptable in my league. Can't he, no him. one would accept him in a trade. I'm serious. No I one agree. Like, the only I team agree. that he has the option to play, like actually play for, is the Warriors. If he's not on the Warriors, he's out of the league. And he better be thinking number 30. It'll be interesting to say what they rule. I think I would be shocked. I would buzz my head if he didn't get suspended. Um, he's going to get suspended. Bringing that um, back? The buzz? I'm th- I've been thinking about it. Yeah. I've been thinking about it. But, you know, it's also... I've been thinking it's going to get cold any time now, but it just hasn't yet. No, I am. So I was thinking, I mean, why would I buzz my head when it's going to get cold soon? Then just my head's going to be shivering all winter. I don't like it when my hair is all cold. When what? Like you can't go outside for an hour after you shower in January. Well, yeah, because my hair's wet. Yeah. I can because <laughs> I got a haircut. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last couple of <laughs> things I want to talk about as we uh, <laughs> as we wind down on this podcast. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know we talked about them a bit last week. Um, but I want to talk about them a bit more. Um, they're 8-2 on the season, seven-game win streak. They've gotten wins over the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Pelicans, and the Warriors twice now over that seven-game stretch. Anthony Edwards, he's putting up MVP numbers, in my opinion. He's averaging 27-6-5 and five on 48-37 and 82 splits. It seems like every time they need him to take over a game, he does just that, and he does it at a high level. Carl Anthony Towns is following that with 20-9. And most impressive thing to me, we talked about it last week. I'll bring it up again. Nas Reed averaging 13 a game on 54 from the field, 44% from three, and 94% from the free throw line on those splits. I mean, is this Timberwolves team ready to win right now? I think that's a real question that people need to start asking. I think they're probably still a year away. I don't want to compare them to the uh, Sacramento Kings from last year. Mm. But 
if they go up against one of those teams in a seven-game series, you know, I think they'll make it tight. Mm-hmm. I think teams will be rooting for the people. Fans will be rooting for the Timberwolves. But at the end of the day, I think they'd fall a game short, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They looked really good last year in the playoffs against the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Really good. It was the only team that could really keep up with them. Yeah, honestly. Like, but all thanks to Anthony Edwards. At the end yeah. of the day, I mean. Superstar. Best player under 25, probably. Mm, I disagree. Who? Luka, Luka Doncic? Yeah, Luka. Come on now. I forgot. He's so young still. That's yeah. crazy. I want to say he's only 24. That's wild. He's he's an animal. Ant's only 22. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Anthony Edwards is next up. He's going to be a superstar in this league for a long time. But I really think the Western Conference needs to look out for him. Because Lakers, I know it's early. They have not looked great. Um, Warriors, obviously, have not looked great. Phoenix Suns, yeah, they've been dealing with injuries since the season started, but they're four and six. They, I mean, it's going to happen at some point where they turned around, but things aren't looking great for them. LA Clippers, three and seven, <laughs> have not won a game since that trade with James Harden. I think they're eventually going to figure it out. Yeah. And they're going to start winning games as, I mean, they put up a dogfight against Denver Nuggets last night. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, but I really think this Timberwolves team could possibly make a run come playoff time. I wouldn't be surprised. If they got the right matchup? Yeah. Maybe. Never say never. I mean, they have the talent, in my opinion. Yeah. They've they just do. never they've never really had the chemistry, which mm-hmm. seems like it's coming to get coming together a little better. It does season. seem like it's starting to come together, but it seems like the entire Timberwolves fr- or uh, fan base hates Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. And I think they need to kink that and figure that out a little bit cuz three of like their five best players are centers, you know? Yeah. Um, so I still think there's some kinks that need to go on over there in Minnesota, but um, they could go get Levine. Yeah, but him and Ant play the same exact position. Yeah, no. Um, him and Ant are literally a, the same player. That's a good topic to bring <laughs> up. I don't think that'd be a good move, but there's no. definitely a couple teams that are really interested in him. Yeah, two of them being Eastern Conference contenders in the Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat. Yeah, I think he eventually oh. gets moved. Um, crazy I wouldn't be Sixers. surprised if the Sixers traded for him. That sounds like a Daryl Morey thing to do. You give up Maxi for that? No. You can't. No, Maxi can't trade it. You can't. Maxi's not getting traded. No, you can't trade him. But like, who else would they? Who are you giving up for Levine if you're a Sixers fan? Who would you be okay with? I mean, I hate to say it, but of course Tobias Harris is gone. Yeah. Um, and then if they want him, I know he just got injured, but Kelly Oubre as well. Um, but I feel like a team like the Bulls, if they're trying to trade Zach Levine, they're trying to set up for their future. Picks. So I wouldn't think, yeah. So I think they'd look more at picks, and that's just how much are they willing to go give up for a guy like Zach Levine? Is he going to be much more different than James Harden was last year? I think Zach Levine is way more unselfish. Yeah, than, I agree in that point. But is he going to make them better? Zach, yeah. Because you could argue that the team, team they better. have right now is just what they need, as they have looked fantastic since that ain't. Yeah, eight and two on the year. I guess but if you get an explosive guy like Zach Levine on that team, I mean that could be. I don't know, man. I don't know. You just don't want it to happen. No, no, <laughs> that's not why. I just really like Tyrese Maxey as a for sure number two on the team. Like who plays as the that one? guy? Um, Maxey. Maxey plays the one, right? Yeah, I could play Zach Levine at the two because I think Zach Levine, unlike James Harden, who is the system. 
Zach Levine <laughs> doesn't have to be the system yeah. to play basketball. I guess I just don't want to see Zach Levine have to take a step back for anyone else other than Embiid anymore. Because I think this, this game is legit. I mean, in the 10 games they've played so far, yeah, Embiid's averaging 33, almost 12 rebounds, and almost six assists a game doing his normal MVP numbers. Tyrese Maxey's right there behind him averaging just over 28, and, or he's averaging 28.5 points per game, five and a half rebounds, seven assists a game. The seven assists really sticks out to me. On 49 from the field, 43 from three, 94 from the free throw line splits. I mean, this guy... I think has a chance to win most improved player. I don't care what his stats were last yeah. year. He looks insane. You, so you don't think that Maxi and Levine could play together? I think they no, I think they could. I, I guess I just don't want to see any more disruption from Philadelphia. I mean, of course they're gonna be one of our top competitors come playoff time, but just talking as a you know, being unbiased. They've yeah. had so many problems for so many years with everyone saying just trust the process. It seems like things are finally starting to click perfectly for them. You know, maybe they don't need a super team. Maybe you just need your top two guys to lead the way and have your role players around you. And it's been successful so far. Granted, we're going to see a whole lot more when they play my Celtics here in 13 minutes without, granted, no Jalen Brown tonight, no Chris House Porzingis. But, I mean, we're going to see how they play against us. It's going to be, I don't care what anyone says with those two guys out. We're still going to give them a dogfight. I don't want to see anything mess up what Philly has going for him. Because people have been trusting the process for almost 10 years now. And they get let down each and every year. I mean, I just feel for a guy like Zach Levine. He's been yeah. the best player on that Bulls team for... His whole career. Yeah. I mean, you could argue for a little bit there. DeMar DeRozan took the took the reins for a year or two. But yeah. He's the younger guy. You know, DeMar's past his prime now. I think they complement each other well. It's just the defense isn't all there. And just as a team, as a whole... Neither of those guys are no longer top fifteen players in my eyes. Yeah. I and would if, just, I'd, I'd like to see Zach Levine get on a good team, yeah, and you know, do yeah. something. No, it would be cool to see. It would. I just, I think that team could be. Maxie's the two on that team because with James Harden on the team, he was the three guy. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's understandable. James Harden can put up forty any night, and he's lethal with the ball in his hands. The pick and roll is unstoppable. It's the only reason they lost that series is because they went away from it. But Tyrese Maxey, a really young guy, and if they develop him with Embiid, they, they're going to be a scary team. They yeah. still got a long, long careers to both of them. A couple more teams I want to point out as we finish out here. I was giving, uh, I was giving uh, crap to the Miami Heat last week as they were struggling earlier in the year. Saves all his energy for the playoffs. <laughs> they're now on a six-game winning streak. Um, they got three guys that average 20-plus and three guys you'd expect. Bam, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler. I mean, I guess I just wanted to give love to them because they're winning. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll, they'll be, be fine. fine. Uh, but they're also a team that's looking to get Zach Levine, so that's yeah. another team to keep an eye on. Um, That'd be cool. Team well, that I, uh, Zach Levine and uh, Jimmy Butler already played together. Bulls, right? Yes, they did. And yeah, probably Zach Levine's like rookie. Hang year, on, wait. But. No, I th they played together in Minnesota, didn't they? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played together in Minnesota, I think. It was yeah. Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and Zach Levine, I believe. That was a weird Way team. back when. That was a weird team. They Didn't hear great things about that team when I uh, spoke to Peter Patton in the summer um, as he gave me a bit of a breakdown with that. Was he, um, on, was he on the coaching staff for that Timberwolves? He was. He was. Wow. So if you guys are ever interested in listening to Peter Patton, 
um, go back and listen to my interview with him this past summer. It was a really good interview. It was actually really cool getting to hear f- from him, you know, NBA coach. The last team I really wanted to give love to, and it kind of makes no sense, but if you've been watching a little bit, you'd understand. Indiana Pacers, man. Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton. Him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's been otherworldly yeah. this season. They also lead the league in points per game. They have one of the yeah. best offenses in basketball right now. Granted, their defense is kind of a problem. But then when you hear the names that I'm about to mention, you're like, they lead the league in offense. They have the best offense in the league? You're like, what? And it's led by Tyrese Halliburton, who averages just under 25 a game, to go along with 12 and a half assists. <laughs> this guy's a dog. On 53% from the floor, 43.5% from three, 93 from the field. <sighs> oh, my gosh. That's all NBA numbers. Yeah. But then you got Miles Turner, Benedict Matherin, Buddy Heald, Bruce Brown, Aaron Neesmith, Obi Toppin, and Jalen Smith. All average 10-plus points for them. I was going to say, I don't want to reach, eight but guys. That, that team sounds kind of deep, you know? Like, their starting five might, might not be the best in the league, but those three guys off the benches. I think they're going to fall down from earth. I don't think this is sustainable. Yeah. I like, mean, we're talking about... Is Bruce Brown in the starting lineup? Yes. Okay. So who they got off the bench? Buddy Heald starts, I'm sure. So you got Halliburton, Bruce Brown. You got Tyrese Brown, Halliburton. You got Benedict Matherin. You got Bruce Brown. Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald. And Miles Turner? And then Miles Turner. That's probably... And then who's yeah. off the bench? Um, You got... Obi Toppin, Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Smith, Jairus Walker, the rookie, who hasn't really been doing much for them this season, hasn't even played in a ton of games. TJ McConnell's your backup point guard. I'm sorry, the team sounds ugly. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like one of the worst rosters in basketball. It's not great. <laughs> so I, I wanted to give them some love because holy cow, have they been balling. They've been playing some fantastic basketball as they beat the Philadelphia 76ers last night in that playing game. They won that game. They've also beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the stretch. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've beat the Cleveland Cavaliers twice, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, Cavs stink. Sounds like they've been able to keep up with their top competitors. and I, I would kind of keep an eye on them, specifically Tyrese Halliburton, as he has a great chance at All-NBA, uh, at making All-NBA this season. I don't think he wins MVP, but those that's another type of guy. Like, look out for him for maybe winning MVP. I mean, yeah, he's not going to win it because there's too many stars in the league, but Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Jason Tatum, I don't care what you say. I mean, just watch out for these guys. They're going to be right up there with Luka, Giannis, Embiid, Joker. Although, let's, let's finish off the podcast with some factual statements, and that's Nikola Jokic is the best player in the league. Yeah. The best player in the league. 100%. The fact that he's that big doing what he can do night in and night out, doesn't even practice in the offseason, I can't believe it. (laughs) And he probably hits some of the most difficult shots I've ever seen on a nightly basis. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how often he hits the level of difficulty shots that he hits. Some of the difficult passes. I mean, some of the passes he makes are crazy. He's unbelievable. Nuggets are going to be scary for a very long time. Yeah. I would say at least five more years. Jamal Murray's hurt right now, correct? He is. He's out for at least a few weeks. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's regular season. It's early. It's better now than it's better now than late in the year. Yeah. Um, it's gonna take time for even when he comes back to get acclimated, but they got Nikola Jokic. They're gonna be fine. So with that being said, that's gonna do it for today's podcast. Ben, thanks for hosting as always. Of course. (laughs) We got a big week of sports up ahead. 
as we're going to try and get into talking college basketball as the year goes on, as we got to prepare ourselves for March Madness in a few months. Am I right? I mean, come on. Yeah. There was a big game. There was a couple big games last night with Michigan State um, and Duke, as well as Kansas and Kentucky. I pick Kansas every year, and they always let me down, but damn, did they look good last night. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, with they're that, with that top transfer in Hunter Dickinson, team looks unstoppable in my eyes. He had yeah. 27 and 21 last night. 27 and 21. Yes, sir. Yeah. Holy keep it shit. keep an eye out for Hunter Dickinson in Kansas rest of the season as that's going to be one of my top teams to look out for this year. But uh more on that as the season goes on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>